0: this party started. Let's do it. Episode numero cuatro. Let's jump in. So I'm Lisa Kay here with Jen Konke and the lovely Karen Solomon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, everybody.
1: Good to be here.
0: (laughs) And I am so excited about today. You know, our guest Karen brings a little bit of a different twist to the business and bliss. Um, podcast in such a good way. Our conversation yesterday, I feel like we could have talked for about five hours. Didn't um, in our minds we did, Karen. Um, but I want to go ahead and jump in and introduce her. You guys are just absolutely going to love everything she has to say. So I'll try and stay quiet because you'll mostly want to hear her, I promise. Um, so we'll go ahead and jump right in with the lovely Karen. So for those of you um, who are still getting to know Karen, I want to give a little bit more information um, about all the amazing things that she's done. So she is the author of "Sexy Sassy" and "Starting Over: Recipes for a Sweet and Savory Life After Divorce." Like how delicious! Like how delicious is that? Right. It's I, scrumptious. I love that scrumptious. Um, so, as a speaker and a coach, Karen delivers keys to confidence from the bedroom to the boardroom. So, hence, the perfect guest for business and bliss. Um, she's bold, wild, and inspires men, women, and couples to be their truest selves. Karen's academic, academic, and experiential background combined with years of personal development, her long-term successful marriage and amicable divorce have prepared her to assist others in navigating life's transitions. A grateful breast cancer survivor.
1: Woohoo! Oh, me too. too. <laughs> oh, we
0: need to talk. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, see, so much yeah. synchronicity here. Karen advocates for women who are going through similar journeys, and her signature seminar, Men, Sex, and Money, along with her coaching practice, combine to offer real solutions to creating an irresistible next chapter filled with clarity and pleasure. So from the bedroom to the boardroom, Karen, we are so excited to have you here with us. Um, And there's so much juicy goodness to hear from Karen today. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in
1: um, Um, with, with the session today. So... All right. So Karen, <laughs> why don't you share with us, what is your superpower?
2: Oh, um, I'd say that's a good question. We all have superpowers. We all have different ones. Thank God we're all different. Yeah, um, right? I think one of my superpowers is my, using my humor to help men and women communicate in a language together since we are not the same. Yeah. Equal rights are one thing. Equal is a different thing. We are anatomically different. We're different in so many ways. And while I'm a feminist and I'm grateful for all the work that Gloria Steinem, etc. cetera, did in my generation growing up in the 70s, and it, I got to tell you, we're not the same. And, and there's a disservice in terms of thinking we're going to be the same. So if we try to talk to men like our girlfriends, they don't read our minds like we read each other's minds. So I think the superpowers be able to say, really, girlfriend, how's that working for you?
1: So That's good. And it's true because it's like humor is a universal language, just like any emotion. Humor, no. like it brings everybody together. We all understand it. So that's awesome.
0: You know, humor is also um, a way to break down someone's walls and their barriers, right? It helps them be more vulnerable. It helps them almost get out of that left brain logical side and really get into this more open um, and like I said, vulnerable, creative thinking space, and which helps them probably come to solutions more effectively, right? Because they're in that open, creative side of the right brain.
2: More receptive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I
2: think yeah, I like what you said, um, Jennifer. It's definitely the universal language because I have had some of the best laughs with people who don't speak, we don't speak a word of language in common.
0: We're <laughs> like right.
2: laughing over some antic of some kind. Yeah. Oh, I just had this communication with this. For me, it was this elderly Chinese guy. We were both trying to rescue this turtle from the street and put it back in a pond. And he picks up this turtle, which was like this, and it was a snapping turtle. This is for real. And he like he was like doddering along, you know. And he picks it up, and the thing peed like a racehorse. <laughs> and he's holding it out like this, and it's peeing, and we're both like. <laughs>
1: and I mean, we didn't speak a word, but it was this shared moment. He's probably telling. It, yeah, because because literally body language is like 55% of communication. So you of know the words, little. Right? I mean, Discovery okay. Channel leaks your heart out, right? Exactly. Anyway, That's awesome. That's a great story. That's funny. That's
0: funny. So Karen, I want you to share with our listeners. Yesterday, you had three words that you wanted to talk to us about. And I feel like almost sort of re-educate us on or give new meaning to or refresh the meaning to that will help us take a new perspective, um, both in business and when pursuing our bliss. So would you share those with us and sort of enlighten us on how you have flipped the script on, on some of these words and how it's changed lives for you and your clients? Absolutely. And
2: here's the thing. They're English words. They're just underutilized in my book, book, which is Sexy Sassy Starting Over. And by the way, there's a glossary at the end of the book that includes um, an entire write-up on these words. So um, the first one is research. Hey, the podcast we're doing today is research, right? You called, yes, Lisa, you and I had this great talk yesterday, Jennifer, (laughs) you and I were at a seminar where we met and we were doing research, listening to other people, meeting each other. Research. And it was all good research. And frankly, if you have a bad date, oh, that was bad. Great research, right? (laughs) Yeah. And if you have a good date, it's great research. Either way, you know, like penicillin came out of bad research to good research. (laughs) Right. This blue mold stuff grew and they thought it was bad and then they realized, oh, it was good. So research is a great way to set a new context for us trying new things, especially when you're starting over. I mean, I literally was with a client yesterday, three failed marriages, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I can't do it the way I've done it. So his research is to bring me into his world to show him a new perspective about how he can be with women and how, you know, like that. And it was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to be with someone like you. Right. Someone who communicates, you know, so it's new research.
0: It's Uh, so interesting because instead of looking at these negative situations as, you know, failure or doing something wrong, you're able to just chop it up and say okay well now i know what i want more of and i now i have more clarity on what i don't want more of it so
2: informs us so that's research you asked for the two other words so yeah. how about irresistible how many times have you you all we all know what irresistible means it means i cannot resist it for this It's my mocha, okay? I even made Lisa wait while I went and found where the heck I put it in the house, you know? It was with the lipstick. But anyway, my point is, I had to have my mocha. I had to buy this mug to have it in. (laughs) Things are irresistible in life, okay? And But I say that we actually ask ourselves, what's irresistible in my life, really? And let our unhappiness guide us. You know, it's like, oh my God, this partner's no longer irresistible. I'm either going to give it my all with a therapist or taking courses or reading books or whatever we need to do to make sure we've given it our all. But if it's like realizing we're not happy and we want to do something, let's find out, maybe get some help. But what is irresistible? And you know, I mean, if I say to you right this minute, Lisa, what's irresistible? Dark chocolate. My kid. you know, munching, just holding my kid. I mean, what's irresistible? Probably anything about your kid except at three in the morning when they're screaming, but everything else is irresistible, right? So, and even having a baby was irresistible, which brings me into the next word, which is unreasonable. I don't know about you, but my father, I remember hearing my father say to me, you're being unreasonable. Wait a minute. Was it reasonable to have a baby? Like reasonable. When you think no, about how to get your, your body You <laughs> went to, in great shape, all of a sudden you felt fat and ew and you're throwing up and why am I doing this? And I don't, I can't sleep for a year, etc., etc. It's not reasonable. So who, what's reasonable? Why is reasonable? Why does reasonable get a good rap? Reasonable doesn't push the edges. Reasonable doesn't have us grow, but unfreaking reasonable. And you got to like put a little bit of freaking or another F word in the middle of it. Um, reasonable has us stretch the boundaries and grow. I am unreasonable has us stretch the boundaries. And, you know, as a hetero woman and, you know, working with a lot of other hetero women, I will say, stop being so freaking reasonable. Stop thinking that being low maintenance is a good thing. I'm not talking about, ooh, my nails, high maintenance. I'm talking about wanting a really big freaking life. And if you want a big life and you want to be a successful entrepreneur and your husband doesn't want you to work or vice versa anything, it's like, no doctor became a doctor by being reasonable because they didn't sleep for four years in medical school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, what's reasonable? Amen. What that's my rant about reasonable. And you got my three words: research, irresistible, and unreasonable.
1: Uh-huh. I love it. I like it. I I'm like it a lot. over that. I like the research piece is so critical, right? Because you've oh got to do, do your homework. You got to do your yes. homework and even for your kids oh my yeah. god you had a fight with your friend at school let's talk about that that was mm-hmm. good research, honey yep I always tell my kids that it's not about uh it's not about failure it's about feedback and we don't win or lose we win and learn right win, win or learn and so if if you go out like I have not been in the dating scene for a long time but I do recall when I was in it for the first time in 2015 it had been a while since the previous time I was in the dating scene and Holy crap, it changed. Like everything was online. You swipe this way, you swipe that way. I'm like, hey, why can't you just swipe and like me? It was really weird, and it took a lot to get through, but there was a lot of research that went on for me, that, a lot of
2: it. Perfect that you said that because it's a great context for people to realize, oh, my God, I'm this old, and I haven't dated, and it's like this. I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's research, and you can't take it, you know, and, and you learn. And just don't consider you're going to find your next spouse that way necessarily. Yeah, and I
0: just want to call out quickly for our listeners too, you know, cuz Karen, you said so much of what you do is applies from the from the bedroom to the boardroom. And this is so perfect for that work environment. So whether it's, you know, being an entrepreneur and launching your business or being in a job that maybe you don't love or you just had a conversation with your boss that maybe didn't go great. I love chopping it up to like, okay, great, that was research. Now, what could I do differently next time? What could I be doing differently? What, How maybe should I approach my day differently so I'm not driving, you know, to work every day pissed off and hating my life? Like, how can I own that? What can I do differently? And I feel like accountability comes up so often in Jen and almost every podcast we've done so far, this accountability piece of like this is research. I'm learning. I'm growing. What can I do with this? It's so much more empowering versus just giving up and saying, well, that was a bad day. This went crappy. That was a bad date. Well, and then
2: Um, going, (laughs) (laughs) vlogging ourselves, you know, there's no reason. And the other thing, you just said something that just made me, you know, we don't have to do it alone. And single folks, you you know, you don't have to do it alone. There's all kinds of support. You don't necessarily have to go hire a therapist. But you could, if you're going to make a difficult phone call to break up with somebody or something like that, call a girlfriend and say, i got to break up with them. Can I, like, are you there? Can I, like, make the phone call and call you right back? So you have someone holding you. I mean, I saw a statistic this morning. One in five, um, you know, queer kids try to commit suicide. Whoa! I mean, why? Because they feel so alone, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, It's just, it's like if we just, anyway, I could go on about that, but just like, we just need to not do it so alone. And I know for myself, moving from the Bay Area where I'd been for 32 years down here to San Diego going, I'm going to start over. What the heck I was fifty eight years old. I'd had thirty plus years of friendships and people who we'd all done the same kind of personal development together. My ex and I had traveled all over the world. we owned property with some people, and all of a sudden I found myself single at fifty eight still looking pretty good, not bad for sixty three um, still I mean it's still feeling good. never mind the looking, still feeling hot and sexy and who else dares put a name sexy sassy, and starting over on a book right with my face but but it was like whoa, all of a sudden, I didn't have couples to hang out with. And I was so lonely. My lifeline, thank God, telephones are cheap now, right? I remember when I moved from the from Boston, I mean, from New England to the Bay Area in the 80s, I had my budget was $300 a month for long distance calls. Hmm. Because my lifeline
1: was humans. Remember that back in the day when it was so expensive? Oh. I, I, I think that <clears throat> what you're what you just said, it, it rang a bell for me. And it's like, you you face this situation and in your mind you had this belief that because you're 58, you gotta start over. No, the first thing I, I would say to people, try try to remove that block from yourself and don't look at it in terms of, oh my God, I'm already 58. I personally say, whoa, I'm on level 44 now. I level up, I don't age. I know you said that. I like that. Look at it that way. And then I still have so many more years. Like if I've already gotten this awesome at 44, I don't mean to sound like I'm arrogant or anything, but it is about confidence and level 44 cool what's going to happen in you know the next 44 levels but it's all about you are 100% responsible for your own results and your happiness i and- am 100% responsible for my own results mm-hmm. and yes happiness is tied into that and when you accept and acknowledge that and you have the accountability to take action like you did you're saying man i came from the bay area i moved down to this area I left all my friends and now I need to make more friends. I don't want to be alone. I got to do some research. Yeah.
2: <laughs> research. And you and I, right this moment, we're doing research, right? Uh, yeah. And okay. by the way, you said something interesting. You said something really interesting. You said, I'm awesome. And then you kind of disclaimed it. Yeah, like, yeah that's true. Yeah. So, Here's what I have to say about that. One of the ways I start all of my um, evenings, all of my workshops, is by people introducing themselves. It's not your basic, hi, my name is, and this is where I live, and this is how old I am, and I have kids. I don't do that. I mean, we're going to find that out also. I say, what I want to know is something you are so freaking proud of, and you don't get to say, I'm proud of my kids because they won the soccer tournament. You get to say, I'm proud of myself for getting up at five every morning and taking them to the damn
1: practice. Yeah, yeah, because you measure. I measure my success in terms of behavior, not necessarily the result, right? So that's, right. that's so good.
2: What, what I'm saying is, boasting rights are good. You don't hear men, and I don't care what persuasion any of us are, you don't hear men saying, oh, I didn't mean to be arrogant. Men just go, yeah, man, this is what I just did on the golf course. I'm so freaking off. They really are willing to do that. And there's yeah. something in our culture that has us apologizing for ourselves. And I'm like, uh uh-huh. when, when somebody, I think Lisa and I, you and I might have touched on this yesterday. If somebody compliments your top your blouse or your glasses, just say thank you. <laughs> Don't say, got it at the thrift store. Is, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Unless it's me as an image consultant, right? Then I might go, Oh, really? Which thrift store?
1: <laughs> but you I did. Mean, could- you just touched on a difference between men and women. So, you know, I, I might have said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm awesome, but I don't want to come across as arrogant. So, why don't you share with us one of the, the biggest differences between men and women and, and how we can use that to our advantage?
2: Oh, perfect. Can I tell my story now, Lisa? <laughs> Go for it, girl. Okay. So, here's my, oh, God, I need a prop. I have a prop. Okay, you ready? I'm going to actually use my prop. Here's my prop. Okay. So, I had a big house. My ex husband and I are very good friends. His name's <laughs> Billy. And, The deal was, if I cooked, he cleaned the dishes. Unless it was grilling, he grilled. It really was a man-woman thing. I love to cook. Okay, so we had a nice dinner party. I used every pot in the kitchen because I could and because the kitchen was huge, and I'm not one who puts things away along the way. So the kitchen was an epic mess. So the deal was, he cleaned. So I'm upstairs kicking back, looking forward to snuggling. I'm watching TV. Bang, bang, clang, clang, goes on for a freaking long time. Finally, I decided to go downstairs and see how he was doing. Um, and when I might be snuggling with my guy. So I walk into the kitchen. Now you got to get it's a big kitchen and he's at the sink, black granite counters. He's got the, um, all the pots and pans are in the dish drain. The dishwasher was running and he was done. Except that I've got this big butcher, wooden butcher block between me and him and it's black countertops, which if you probably know, show everything. There were crumbs all over the wooden but- I have them. There were crumbs everywhere, okay? On the wood and on the granite. And so I walk in the kitchen. He's like this. He's, he's got the dish towel in his hand. He's reaching for the light to turn it off. He's clearly done. And this is what I said. Can't you wipe the crumbs before you come upstairs? And this was his response. Bitch, you teach this stuff. Right? Did I deserve it or what? And here's the thing. He went into his den, which was also the entertainment center, watched TV or did whatever he did. He slammed the door, I might add. And I didn't see him. He slept in the guest room. And you know what? Mea culpa. I, there was nothing I could say except, oh my God, don't do it again, girlfriend, to myself, right? So let's wind it back. That was door number one. Really bad choice. So wind it back. I walk in the kitchen. Crumb da, 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 da. he's about to turn off the light. This time, what if I'd said, oh my God, I left you such a mess. Honey, epic job cleaning up. Hey, before you come upstairs, would you mind wiping the crumbs? Thanks. Now, no argument, right? He felt acknowledged, correct? I acknowledged him or appreciated him. Then I made a request. Then I thanked him. Now, at that point, he could say, babe, I'm done. Do you mind and he could just go upstairs, but I would be in the same bed as him that night, hello, instead, and that would have been door number two, a perfectly reasonable thing. Door number three, which would probably be the best choice for anyone in that situation, would have been really walking in and going, awesome job, see you upstairs in a few minutes, honey, wipe the darn things myself. Because here's the thing, he was done. I'd been with a guy about 10 years at that point, and I actually knew that he does not recognize crumbs. He does not see the crumbs, any more than I see that my desktop on my computer is cluttered and that's why the darn thing took so long to boot up, okay? And he would say to me, honey, my computer, because he was a techie, my computer's taking you long. Karen, that's because you have so many photos, not in folders. But he wouldn't yell at me. He wouldn't make me wrong, he would just show me. So there you have it. Now what I just did was I exemplified something. All he did as a guy, he wanted to be acknowledged for his production. He just produced a clean kitchen except for the crumbs. And what did I do? I basically emasculated him by saying, can't you do the crumbs? I couldn't find anything right about everything else being done, the mess that I left. So with men, and by the way, what I just exemplified was artful communication. You take nothing else away from this call Artful communication, which is one of the recipes in my sexy sassy and starting over book on Amazon. Um, But um, artful is appreciate, request, and thank. Jennifer, you've got kids. And your kids are at that age that you are training them on chores. You're training them on manners. You're training them. You're training them. No different than you train dogs on tricks or, you know, don't pee here, pee outside. I mean, and how do you train them? With acknowledgments? Oh, my God, you poured your milk yourself? Aren't you a big boy? How about mommy help you pour it into the glass this time? <laughs> As you're quietly trying not to go, my new look. You know what yeah. I mean? But the truth is, if you're a good mother, you're not whacking upside the head and yelling at him. You're going, oh, what a big boy. You're finding it mm-hmm. right before you say, let's do it another way. And then you go, thank mm-hmm. you. So it's artful. Mm-hmm. West Karen, so,
0: I wanted to jump into something you said. So you said um your husband wanted your ex-husband wanted to be acknowledged for his production. He and just he
2: produced said, the dishes. He correct. produced the
0: kitchen. And um so it makes you know, I remember yesterday when we were talking a little bit, you know, I shared with you that, you know, at times with my husband. I'll kind of unload to him about my day or something that's going on. And then he starts throwing solutions at me. What about this? What about that? And I'm like, I just wanted you to listen. I don't actually want your opinion, which it's not that I don't want his opinion, but that wasn't what I needed in that moment. Right. I actually do really value his opinion, but in that moment, all I want to do is to be heard, but he wants to produce, he wants to produce a solution. He's a production is- machine. So, you talked to us, you said it's all about the setup, which has made a huge difference in how I approach him because now I say, babe, I just want to, like, can I just vent to you for a little bit? Or, hey, I've got something to say, I really want your opinion. And I make it very clear. So, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) because this applies to the work environment. So this simplifies so, to absolutely
2: everything. Yeah. so, and so I'm gonna, I want to talk about that. I'm going to use throwing a party about a setup. Okay, if you're throwing a party, there's a lot of things to do to set up. You got to send the invitations. You got to get the RSVPs. You got to set the table, and frankly, for me, if it's a big party, I'm going to hire somebody to be me so I can be at my party. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to go. Oh my god, I got to go like and be running around like a person with my head cut off. It's all in the setup. You know, I'm always amazed when people don't do that. It's like, then don't throw a party unless you're going to be at your own party. So that's about setup. And when it comes to, I love what you just said, Lisa, because that happens to all of us and it happens at work too. Like, oh my God, this awful thing happened with this client and then the boss wants to fix it and tell you how to do it. And you're like, oh my God, I just messed up. But if you walk in and set up the conversation and say, hey, sweetie, I I, got to tell you, you know, being a new mom and being at home, I kind of had quite a day. And I'm wondering... Even set it up more with him. Can I spend three minutes? I'll put a timer. Can
1: I just vent? I don't actually need you to fix anything.
0: So <laughs> He knows when it's going to end.
1: Well, yeah, because you know, yeah, what we, we definitely, we definitely want to know when it's going to end.
0: Yes. Like, and, well, it's because it's, it's part, of the,
1: part of the setup. It's a parameter. It's
2: boundaries. How long's our podcast? Oh, it's going to go for three hours. No, it's about 30. You know what I mean? So if you are able to say to him, Lisa, look, can we just vent? And I don't care if you use a timer. That was just, you know, I'm right, free, right. Free, free floating here. But if you can say to him, I just need to vent, then guess what? Guess what he's producing? Not a solution. He's producing what you Listen. want. Listening
0: right. to him. So, and then I get to say, thank you so much for listening. Because,
2: because then when he just vent. did, he produced the listening for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm, And so it's still production, whether he's producing, you know, mowing the lawn the best way, the best golf game, the best baby, the best money, the best orgasm, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, he's still doing what guys do, which is produce. Mm -hmm. And so what you always want to do, especially if you want something else from him, and I'm going to go right to the bedroom with this one, okay? Yeah. Ooh, honey, like let's say he's touching you in a way he's absent-minded. I hate that. Think about that. He's an absent-minded professor. We all hear that. Think about what absent-minded means it's kind of the opposite of present right hi i'm absent-minded where are my keys where are my keys well you want present when you didn't put them where you always put them oh right i was thinking about something else i don't want anyone to touch me even a friend on the shoulder if they're not present because it feels really icky when someone touches you and they're not present so if my husband's reading the newspaper or watching the game and he's touching me it's not going to feel good because he's doing something like kind of absent-mindedly doing this. It's going to be like creepy. So I don't want to say, ooh, don't touch me. You're being creepy. He's going to go, excuse me, and go to the other TV and watch the game. Like, because you've just got
0: ew, ew, ew.
2: emasculated him for just doing what he was doing. But if you can get his attention so he's present or her, whatever, and just say, oh, honey, I love that you're touching my arm. Would you mind touching me a little bit softer? or with your nails, without your nails, whatever comes out of your mouth. But make sure the first thing that comes out of your mouth is that appreciation. We're right back to artful. Like, ooh, I love that you're touching me. Boom, he's present. Oh, yeah, I'm touching her, <laughs> right? And also, then he remembers in that moment, right, she hates my nails. Because you've just acknowledged him. You almost don't have to make the request because now he's present. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if you don't find him right, you are emasculating him every time.
1: Yeah. You you didn't so, take out the garbage. How about, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you um, you, you just talked about, you touched about it again, the artful communication. You covered the A with us. Cover the whole thing really quick as we recap and, and try and wrap this up really. What what okay, message me could give you get business, to the- I'll give a business example real quick. We'll use the ART, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're a
2: boss. You have somebody who said, I need that paper. I need, I need that memo written by you by five o'clock today. And so your assistant comes in at four o'clock, proud that they're coming in early and they hand you this piece of paper. You take one look at it. It is so subpar. I mean, there's no spell check. You're like, ah, uh-uh, this isn't going to the client, right? You want to go, ah, you're a jerk. But you go, okay, I, gotta, I, I don't want to you know, hurt this person. And you say, how awesome that you got this done an hour early. And what did you just do? You appreciated them. A for appreciation or acknowledge, right? Either way, you're appreciating them for something even though it's like you're looking at it horrified, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you're like, good job getting it done early. Now you make the request. Hey, would you be willing to um, do, do another draft? This is awesome beginning. Would you do another draft using spell check and whatever? Thank you. Thank you. Always the thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Because like when I said to him, would you mind? Hi, oh, awesome job cleaning. Would you mind doing the counters? Thank you. I'm asking him something I'm not demanding. When you make a
0: request, you want to say thank you for them even considering it.
1: You see yeah. the difference. I, yeah, yeah, I do.
0: You know, it's interesting because you talked about, um, you know, if you know if you're, if someone's touching you without being present, then you'd rather not have it at all. It's almost it's interesting because it's almost like this artful communication. If you don't, if it doesn't have this overarching umbrella of presence then it could come across as disingenuous right so like if you think about okay these are great steps and i hope our listeners are you know kind of remembering this acronym because it definitely will help them pause in the moment appreciate You know, just give a request and then think. And then this other piece that you talked about with presence, you know, if you're really present in that moment, it's easy to find like, gosh, okay, you know, Janet just did this memo and it Mm -hmm. looks awful, but like, let me be present and really truly figure out like, let me... Find the positive in this situation. Like, I think we all have that responsibility to find the positivity in every situation, right? Whether it's how our husband cleaned up the kitchen, like we were talking about, or you know, in the in the bedroom, our office. You know, you talked about in the with the memo. um, If you're really present, it should be easy to identify. My gosh, Janet busted her butt to get this done by four o'clock because she knew it'd make me happy bless her like let me acknowledge that yeah. but you exactly. just think that
2: because it's exactly. not that you have to find people right because all of us once we start finding them wrong they're going to remember their mother the uncle that beat them whatever it's just going to bring up bad memories mm-hmm. and by right. the way, the artful communication is one of the recipes in my book it's oh, that's very really cool okay very so, cool
1: and it's in I, kindle too I think that when it comes to the artful communication and and talking about that acronym, I I agree. When, when Lisa said, it's important to learn the acronym so you have the steps and the missing piece of the puzzle is the, the presence and the, I call it connecting and establishing a rapport. So, you know, getting into stepping into their model of the world and figuring things out when it comes to that specific business example where, Oh, Hey, can you get me this memo? I need it by five. And when we pace set like that and set such a hard like black and white timeframe without any additional guidance. We're just, in my opinion, setting ourselves up for, for failure or a missed expectation because we didn't give enough guidance on what that memo needed to look like. Right. So the, the framework of artful communication and the A, the R, the T, it's great. You have to, you have to start there. And, and you're literally going to do some research going through that process as you apply it in the real world. And when you're doing that, you have to make sure you are present, you establish rapport with the person that you're communicating with, so it comes across as genuine. And then when you're going through that process, it will be more of a connection versus you just getting shit off your chest. Damn it. I didn't mean, and versus just getting things off your chest.
2: And I would recommend that you not practice it in the bedroom first. Your research should start somewhere like the kitchen or somewhere like, honey, what a great job mowing the lawn. Would you mind cleaning up the leaves over here? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like to sit in the bedroom because you won't. It's like anything, you, you need to flex the muscle.
0: Don't, don't flex. Or, Karen, like what you said, which is door number three, which was, does it really matter? Right, pick does your back. Does it man. really matter if the friggin' leaves are over there? Does it really matter if there's a crumb left? You know, Gabby Bernstein, I'm sorry, not Gabby Bernstein, we can edit that out, but um, Marianne Williamson talks about um, an excerpt from A Course in Miracles where it says, would you rather be happy or right? And I can't tell you how many times that mantra goes through my head because I used to be a huge nag, and it was annoying. I mean, thank God my husband weathered that storm. But um, I was a huge nag, and, you know, then having children – any type of organization goes out the dang window. So I'm like, Meh, just okay. Let the house be how it is, whatever. And now I kind of drive him nuts. But anyway, you know, it's kind of like, does it matter if the sock is on the ground or does it matter if the light switch is on? Does it matter if the crumbs are on the counter? You know, I think when you need that request, I think this is a beautiful way to set that up. Be really present, tune into what did go well here What can you request for changes and then thank them for their efforts that they're about to put into doing that. But then also asking yourself, say that again. Light and kind. Right. Yes. It's just the right thing to do. Exactly, uh, right? But yeah, but also asking yourself, like, is it necessary? You know, I mean, I forget, there's a quote out there right now uh, going around Instagram, but one of the questions is, it says, whatever you're about to say, you know, is it kind? And one of them is, is it necessary? Jen, I think you posted that actually. <laughs> hey, I'm watching your feed.
1: I would love to take credit for that, but I don't recall it. Oh,
0: okay. Maybe it wasn't. Anyway, But it says, you know, is this necessary? And so I think if there is a request that needs to be made, this ART is a beautiful acronym to remember and check out Karen's book to read more about that in depth. We're just kind of skimming the surface. (laughs) Um, but I also think you can ask that last piece like door number three is always an option. Like, do you really need to say anything at all? Would you rather be happy or right? I mean, I think, um, you know, in, in wrapping up, I mean, I think that's a great place to kind of pause and just reflect, but I mean, first of all, you know, for those of you who've been listening, I'm sure you want to hear more from Karen and she has a ton more, Nuggets of wisdom. Um, please get a hold of Karen Solomon over at successappeal.com. Um, her book is out on Amazon as well. Sexy Sassy and Starting Over.
1: Show us um, one more time
0: tidbits. Karen, show us one more time for those of us who are on video. And if you're just listening on the podcast, you can jump on our YouTube channel and check that out um, to get a good visual. Um but I think, you know, in just in recapping everything we've heard today, so much good information, but you know, I think some of the things that stick out to me is just this research piece, right? Like if you have a bad experience, give yourself some grace and, and chop it up to research. You're figuring out. What you know when I think of dating you 're figure out the type of guy you do want to date and the type of guy you don 't want to date when it comes to foods when it comes to business leadership, whatever it may be you 're doing research and so give yourself some grace and protect your bliss a little bit more with that concept. I thought that was so wise um, and then Karen talked about you know it 's all in the setup, so when we think about. Um, finding our bliss and finding success in life. Think about how you're setting up that situation. How are you educating people on what success looks like and um, what the end result should look like so they can deliver that for you. Um, and then just lastly, of course, the brilliant acronym of artful communication, ART, um, which I think will help us all to be more present and just be more appreciative of both what our leaders are doing for us, what our teens are doing for us, what our families are doing for us and so forth. So definitely that applies from the bedroom to the boardroom. So I love that. Um, So Karen, you know, with that, any final thoughts that you would share with our listeners and um, any other information on how they can get in touch with you and, and leverage your help for their lives?
2: Thank you. I think that, again, you can go to my website, successappeal.com, and jump on a call with me. You know, my calendar's in there, and you can just get a um, 30-minute conversation with me to find out. And I think we didn't mention the fact that, um, you know, I kind of help people from the inside out regarding designing their lives. I've been a style consultant since the 80s. That's how old I am. (laughs) I was an an adult back then. Wow. Anyway, I... uh, I've been a style consultant, meaning I do wardrobe design and I help people, especially when they're in transition, like post-divorce, usually people over 40 post-divorce. It's like, who am I without... Or when the kids leave, who am I without the strawberry stains on my outfit and the station wagon and I'm dating again and I want to feel sexy and alive and whatever, just because you're over a certain age or through menopause or whatever, all the more reason you might want some guidance in creating a new life that is irresistible, you're being, in which you're being unreasonable, and there's absolutely no reason that you can't um, you know, have it all be researched and let me help guide you. So that's what I do is I help people with coaching programs. So, and always open for speaking engagements as well and other podcasts.
0: So it's
1: amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Karen. We're doing beautiful
0: work out there. I, you know, I'm so passionate about people connecting back with who they are. I mean, I shared with you yesterday a little bit about losing my identity as I became a mom, like, what the heck? I used to be a jet, jet setter and, you know, blowing through th- two passports in a year um, and then becoming a mom with the strawberry stains <laughs> that you talk about on my shirt. So I, I love this work that you're doing. I'm so passionate about it. And you're just helping people find more joy in their lives and find more confidence. And I just absolutely love it and love your heart. So thank you for everything that you do.
2: Oh, Thank you, ladies. I'll look forward to getting to know you both better, maybe on Facebook. Yes
1: very excited. Absolutely. All right. Thank
0: you so much for your time, Karen. Thank you both. Bye. Bye. Bye everybody.